Okay, everyone, and welcome back to another week here at Romance and Color. I'm your host, Tati Richardson, one half of the duo here at Romance and Color, and I am your resident romance writer and reader. Thank you guys for stopping by again this week. We have another jam-packed episode for you all. Uh, we have an interview with author and publisher Aunt Georgia Lee, my fellow uh, Georgia Peach here. Uh, we're going to be talking about her wonderful writing, her paranormal writing and representation and what it means as a black lesbian woman writing in the romance landscape we also have in our what is book talk reading segment my good friend uh daisy kane aka the awkward blurred girl who's going to be breaking down her uh book talk and recommendations and hopefully you guys will find some amazing amazing uh, books to put on your tbr so without further ado let's get started with our interview with author aunt georgia lee Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast this week. Uh, For our Writing in Color series this week, we have author and publisher Aunt Georgia Lee of Onyx Lee Publishing with us, and we're so glad to have her. Hi, Aunt Georgia. How are you? Hi, Tati. I'm doing well. Great, great. Thank you for coming on the podcast and talking about your writing and talking about your company and everything. So can you give us a little background about you and kind of your journey into writing romance and how you got started? Oh, sure. Um, Well, thank you for having me. First of all, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. I've been listening to your podcast and I love I love the flavor and um, all the all the guests that you've had. So I feel it's a privilege to be on your show today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Privilege is all ours. Trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. Uh, Thank you. So um, as far as, you know, your your question that you asked me, how did I get started? Um, I've loved, I've been in love with romance stories or romance novels since I was 10 years old. Mm. Um, my mother, you know, taught me how to read. She used to read to me as a kid. And I just, I gained that love of reading from, you know, listening to my mother read stories to me. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't stop reading any and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up as an only child. So one of my companions um, were books. And my mother would, um, get uh harlequin romance novels for me <laughs> at 10 <laughs> so <Wow. laughs> I, yeah and so i looked forward to those every month i would get that box right with my name on it uh with my three or four books in the series and i would go through those books um, over a weekend so mm-hmm. that was my first experience or introduction into romance and i love the way the stories were told um mm-hmm. i just never saw myself or someone of color in those stories right but but that never bothered me right I always Mm -hmm. just enjoyed the stories so um, when I was 10 I thought you know I want to grow up and be like my role models which were English teachers Um, and I wanted to be a teacher but I also wanted to be a writer I wanted to write during the summer breaks (laughs) that the teachers would have or during the holidays and be this famous writer so that's how I um, first got into romance Um, writing. I started writing my own stories because, again, I wanted to see people of color in those stories. So I would just Mm -hmm. write in my, you know, notebooks, different stories and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, when you were 10 and reading Harlequin romances, Uh (laughs) they weren't the spicy ones, were they? Were they like kind of mild or like clean, closed door kind of stuff? 
Um, I mean, the ones that are out now are way spicier, more spicier than the ones that I used to read <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> but, but back in the day, you know, yeah, they were pretty spicy to me. Yeah. And now I'm like, woo, they say everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back yeah. then, they implied certain things. His manhood, or she touched that soft area. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I probably shouldn't have been reading them. They weren't. <laughs> oh my! So do you, do you remember like the very first? Yeah, I know you said it was a Harlequin. Do you remember the very first romance you read? God, I don't remember the name of it, but I do remember um, what stood out was. It was about a man who was wealthy and he had a young son and he needed a nanny, you know, that normal ah, <laughs> story. Ah, right? Trope, um, yes, yes. Mm. And this woman was beautiful, but she had a scar on her leg. And so, you know, she was feeling like she wasn't attractive. And um, of course, he had some other woman that was chasing him that wanted to be his wife. But he started falling in love with the nanny who had the scar, um, who he, he, of course, eventually married. And he helped her have surgery to get rid okay. of the scar. <laughs> All right. The scar was real bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but oh, he saw Lord. her beauty because beauty is skin deep <laughs> you know i mean i guess but you got the scar redone okay then <laughs> no right <laughs> oh Lord, how mercy <laughs> i remember that one and then also i remember um i think it was like middle school the mm -hmm. you know when you would have the library right <laughs> in, uh -huh. in school and so for some reason i was able to get this teacher's edition of a romance novel that was in my middle school library and I took it home and I ended up keeping it for the summer. And mm -hmm. that was about, you know, an Indian man who, Native American man who uh, kidnapped this uh, damsel. <laughs> and, oh, and problematic. Trip. Oh goodness. <laughs> and there was a lot of sex in that one. I was like, would this mm. teacher read this <laughs> on the school campus? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I don't remember the names, but I remember the stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, sometimes the, the plots will just stick with you. I remember the first thing, first romance I read was like a, it was definitely was like a cowboy western, and it was mm -hmm. really like super problematic, like about you know somebody like kidnapping a, a Native mm -hmm. American woman, and then she just you know, falling for her captor type of thing. Right. Real, real Pocahontas John Smith. I, I was like, oh, no. Nah. You know, looking back on it, I was like, no, this is not, this is not cool. Right. So, so, so professionally, what do you do professionally outside of writing? And what kind of led you to say, hey, I'm going to make this writing a career? Yeah. Um, so actually, I'm a technical writer and instructional mm. designer for um, a telecommunications company. Mm. And um, the writing, the technical writing came out of really not knowing where I wanted to go. I just always think or say that I give credit to God, like he he gave me the path to put me on the path to where I needed to be. Cause mm -hmm. initially, initially I thought I was going to be a, a teacher. Right. And then after I student taught, <laughs> I decided, no, that's not for me. <laughs> um, and my path then was led to um, adult learning. I worked at a library um, in Atlanta. I know mm -hmm. that you're in Atlanta, Tati. And um, mm -hmm. I worked at the central library downtown. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I started training um, volunteers to teach other adults um, basic education skills mm -hmm. through that um, that particular experience while I was mm -hmm. in college. 
And then that led to um, customer service, working for Cigna as a, as a call rep, which eventually led to a software company that I started training um, their um, pharmacy techs and then also being an account manager and then a web designer and a technical writer for them. Like I learned mm -hmm. a lot in that small company. Right. And, and since then, um, I continued to stay in the software development field as a technical writer. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately I came to this company that I'm working with presently as an instructional designer. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. during that entire time, I was still in the background writing my stories, mm -hmm. um, not, you know, thinking of publication right away or being mm -hmm. published, but mm -hmm. just enjoying the, the ability to create my own worlds and characters that I fell in love with as much as I now hope that, you know, my readers will fall in love with. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I was in a long-term relationship and I had a crush on a coworker. Mm. And I, I didn't want to, you know, pursue that coworker. I wanted to be very faithful to my partner. Mm. So I started writing about it. Mm. And, um, I would, <laughs> and I would yeah. share it. <laughs> I would share oh, the story. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I would share the story with my partner at night. You know, it would be like bedtime reading, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, she's like, you know, hey, you know, it's really good, but there's a lot of sex. Like, do you have a storyline? Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> And so I was like, oh yeah, I guess I should write a story. Cause I was really just, it was, it was, it was just masturbation for me. Excuse me. I hope right, I can say right. that on your show. Oh, absolutely. We are we are sex positive here. It is fine. You, you <laughs> right. say that. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like some oral masturbation. I was just writing it out. And mm. um, and then mm. I started thinking about like what kind of story did I want to create? Um, and during the time that I started actually writing the story, mm. um, my partner and I, we ended up going separate ways the relationship broke up after six years mm. and I went through my own transitions of finding self-love um you know meeting very various characters that I ended up becoming good friends with mm -hmm. becoming more spiritual and all of that started to be incorporated into my first novel which is mm -hmm. called um, A Deeper Love and mm -hmm. I wrote that under my real name, Shauna Brown. So mm -hmm. that's how I first got started. And that mm -hmm. was 20 years ago. 20 years ago, mm -hmm. A Deeper Love was published. So self-published. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's mm -hmm. how I got started. Wow, wow. So how are you able to kind of balance your life of, like what would, it, what would the typical schedule look like you balancing your kind of your day job of technical writing and instructional design and then going into like writing your, your novel, like your very first novel? What did that process kind of look like? that time during in my life that was easier because um I was single I was spending a lot of time you know just home alone or you know hanging out with friends and so I had more time on my hand than I do now mm -hmm. um so I, I had an opportunity to do a lot of writing and in doing that um I met other indie writers who were in the more urban African-American feel right um, and more mainstream in a sense mm -hmm. right um because mm -hmm. i'm writing uh gay and lesbian content and they're mm -hmm. writing heterosexual content mm -hmm. and um brandon massey was the author that i met and he was like you need a website you know you should build a website for your mm -hmm. to promote your book and so mm -hmm. that was during time we still had like dial up turn off my phone and and hook up the wire into the wall. Yes, Lord. I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So during that time, you know, I, I finished the story. Um, I had a couple of people tell me, you know, you should 
go through iUniverse or self-publish. And, and at the first, at the beginning, I was like, no, I'm going to submit it. I'm going to be picked up. I'm going to be this famous author. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I tried to submit it for publication. I tried okay. to submit it through an agent. None of that worked because, you know, the story wasn't, it wasn't mainstream enough or right. it just didn't fit. It didn't check a box for them. Right. Um, so, I mean, that was years ago before queer writing was, you know, basically the norm now. I mean, it's the norm now. You, you can find queer writing, right? Um, but not, you still can't find as much um, queer writing of color or black queer writing, but still queer writing is coming in more to the forefront now yeah definitely yeah. there are there are a lot more of us at that time there were like maybe four of us that were writers um who, like you said who are writing queer um content mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um I can count them on my hand on one hand right because it was four main the four main writers were myself and um Deidre Adrienne Nesbitt and then Lorinda Brown came on after mm-hmm. us and um, when I took time off from the scene and came back, like, I guess, what, five or six years ago now, mm-hmm. there are a plethora of, you know, BIPOC lesbian writers that, oh, yeah. where did y'all come from? <laughs> it was only four of us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but to go back to your question. So, yeah, I did. I had a lot of time on my hand. I was single if I wasn't, you know, trying to date or find a new girlfriend or something like that. Um, I had a lot of time to to be by myself, so mm-hmm. I was able to finish the novel. I decided to, you know, go with my friend's suggestion, go with iUniverse. It's a print-on-demand company, right. so the process was fairly simple, and um, I had never built a website, but at the same time, Brandon told me to build this website. The company I was working for, the owner of the company came into my office, and he said, hey, you know how to build a website? No, he was like, "Here's this box. It was a box of software. You know, he had CDs. Then you didn't download yeah. the digital mm-hmm. software. Oh, mm-hmm. you were in the cloud, right? Right, right, right. We had a box with some CDs in it. He's like, here, put that in. Figure it out. Here's the book. You can do it. And so, because I had to learn how to build a website for work, I, I ended up being able to build my own website. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of just building a writer site just for Shauna Brown. I decided to build a website that would not only promote myself, but also promote independent artists of yeah. all types of genre. And yeah. so that's when I built ngosibooks.com. So mm-hmm. again, 20 years ago, that's how I got started. Wow. Wow. So do you, in, in ways, do you feel like you were like a, a, a person who kind of paved the way for other, like particularly lesbian and, 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 and queer black women, you know, writing? Do you, feel, think, do you feel yourself as a trailblazer? Because I mean, I, it sounds like it to me. <laughs> I, you know, I think a part of me does. Um, but I also know that like during that time, we it, there were more poets, right? Right. Um, Sharon Bridgeforth was one of them, really, really popular poet that, you know, when you look for a lesbian or women of color um, content, that's what you found were your poets. And they were right. awesome. I love to go see them. I had crushes on these women. They were perform all the time, like at Karen's bookstore and during mm-hmm. pride festivals. Yeah. Um, but there were no just novels, right? And right. so I met um, Deirdre Adrienne Nesbitt, who is no longer with us now, mm-hmm. but she started Gateway Publishing. And mm-hmm. it was the first erotica that I had ever written for women of color. Mm-hmm. And then some more people started cropping up at the same time we were doing it. So yeah, I would think we're sort of trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I guess I would say that. 
to some mm-hmm. degree. Yeah. I think you should say that. I mean, I, I mean, I definitely, de- definitely think you should say that. Put that on your, you know, on your tombstone. <laughs> when, the okay. day over. <laughs> when the day is over, I was a trailblazer. You know what I mean? All right, I would do that. Talk to yes. <laughs> well, people, well, people who are trailblazers never think they're trailblazers because most times they're humble about, you know, what they're doing. And I can tell that you're, you know, you're kind of humble. Like, yeah, you know, I just started this website twenty years ago. I'm like, wait a minute, now. <laughs> twenty years ago. You know, we weren't, we were still kind of, you know, in the shadows, you know, yeah. as far as, you know, Black queer, you know, and BIPOC representation of, of queer life and stuff like that. We, You know, we had Elin Harris, but, yeah, you know, that's about it. You know, we didn't really have anybody else that was, you know, super, super popular. Um, I think, um, what, um, Patrick Ian Polk came around with Noah's Ark shortly after that or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. um but still no no women no no black women you That's know true. you know yeah. being represented in any way um maybe in a couple films you know maybe. Um, yeah watermelon woman stuff mm-hmm. like that but you know yeah 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 but we but you know in 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 the literature you know you may have a subplot here and there but nothing like right. a main plot featuring two you know, main characters who are women mm-hmm. who are who are queer and or or lesbian and in love. So, like now that you decide to come back and kind of rebrand and focus as Onyx Lee uh, Publishing as an indie publisher, what do you want your mission to be now versus what it was twenty years ago? Oh, um, it's really kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Like I've always, I just want us to be seen, right? Mm. Um, and I don't think we often are. I think what we see in the media or on social media doesn't represent all BIPOC, you know, people. Right. And, and it troubles me because I know what my life looks like and I know what other friends of mine, their lives look like, and they don't mm-hmm. look like what I'm being shown. Right. And or how I'm being addressed. And I don't want to get on a soapbox on this, but I'm really oh, no. passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And I just want people to be able to see us. And I want us to see ourselves in those words and mm-hmm. to see that we can choose different lives. We don't have to over sexualize ourselves on social media. Mm-hmm. We don't have to become what they have always said we were. Mm-hmm. You know, as a 53 year old woman, I remember we wanted, we didn't want to be labeled. Mm-hmm. And I love my, I love my kids today. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Labels are so important to them, mm-hmm. but the older generation, we didn't want to be labeled. We wanted to be considered just like everybody else. We have right. partners or wives or, you know, spouses, we have children, we have fur babies, we have a house, you know, mm-hmm. we, we're just like you. There is no difference in us other than who we tend, who we love, right? Right. That's right. it. But we have right. the same dreams you have, the same right. desires, the same goals. So stop treating us like we're an oddity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because the kids are so young now, they're just caught up in the social media aspect of everything and they don't realize where they come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I want to show them. Like you don't have to be a caricature or you don't have to be defined by what the media says you are. Mm-hmm. So my stories are written about, even though they're, they're characters, they're real stories about real people. Mm-hmm. And they show you that, again, I love to write sex. I, I put a lot of sex in my books, 
Right. I don't over-sexualize those. I tell a story because mm-hmm. when I say Onyx Publications is written for the heart, it is, it's written, excuse me, written from the heart. Mm-hmm. It is, it's written for my love of my people, my community. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. So do you feel like this desire and this 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 um kind of desire to be seen and to be like I am this thing I am this thing um, mm-hmm. particularly for the new generation is kind mm-hmm. of taken away from the storytelling that that needs to be told as far as novels are concerned like do you feel like a lot of people are just caught up in the label of of, of what what is going on with the person's identity versus the story they can tell mm-hmm I do. I really do. Um, And I'm concerned that we don't read anymore Mm -hmm. um, or that we don't find that to be engaging, right? We are so caught on the visual and the videos and the TikToking and the reels and, Mm. you know, how funny we can be. And, um, but we don't spend enough time reading and reading is powerful. And you don't have to read my book. You don't have to read romance novels, read something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel like they do because they're spending a lot of their time entertaining or being entertained by social media. Mm-hmm. And then those that do read, I'm, I'm finding, I'm finding that like some of the book clubs are so caught up on reading New York best, you know, New York Times best-selling books, right? Sellers mm-hmm. books or reading off of that list. They don't know that I can get, I can name 88 books, 88 stories written by BIPOC lesbian women Mm -hmm. that they could read. Mm -hmm. They just happen to be independent. Mm -hmm. And why are you reading (laughs) from the New York's best time sellers list? And sometimes it's not about lesbian culture, but you're a black lesbian book club. You don't Mm -hmm. want to read about yourself. Right, 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 right. And that's, you know, that's, that's been a challenge I've seen, not just with uh, queer black folk but just black mm-hmm. folk in general who are into books just like if you like you just mentioned tiktok and book talk and we we have a segment called what is book talk reading but you know they they get caught up on what's popular mm-hmm. and then you know they're they're saying oh this is a great book blah, blah blah we're like okay but you as a black person how can you relate to this right you know I mean? <laughs> why are you why are you reading for example no shade to Colleen Hoover but you reading all this Colleen Hoover these Emily Henry do you mm-hmm. or do you really know people like this in your life right you know what I'm saying do you really know people like this can you really relate to this unless you were brought up mm-hmm. in that way fine so be it but you know there are a ton of other wonderful you know queer writers like Katrina Jackson and Tasha Harris and all these other people mm-hmm. that you could be reading mm-hmm. versus you know uh Casey McQuinston, for example, I love mm-hmm. Casey. She's great, but you know, okay. you can't you can't relate to you, you you can't you might not be able to relate to you know meeting a ghost on a train and they let me. I mean, what the, right. you, know, you know the story sounds great, but is it is it something that you can relate to? You know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's it's, it's been it, that's been I think the struggle, particularly for um, black authors in social mm-hmm. spaces now, mm-hmm. is trying to get people out of this whole. I'm just going to read what's popular, right. what's, what's popping versus what I can seriously relate to. And that, that's been been really tough. So with and this kind of my next question kind of ties back to that. So with you starting this small press and I know you have a roster of other authors on 
on this on honestly publishing what do you want what's your aim to highlight within publishing these works within the genre of romance what is, what is something you, you culturally want to aim to do uh I know you said diversity and, and diverse stories and diverse representation within queer life but what mm-hmm. else do you want to kind of, that to see you know people to see in the in the works that you write because you not only publish queer folk but you also publish six hat uh, romance as well so mm-hmm. you know what do you want people to see out of from your publishing house particularly I just really want them to see that again, we are all the same and we, you don't have to, if you are heterosexual, you don't have to say, oh, I, I don't think I want to, to read that. I'm not gay. Am I going to be seen as gay? Mm-hmm. Or I just wouldn't be able to identify. Um, I have somebody that, um, that's a friend of mine, colleague, and she read Stalker much, <clears throat> this new mm-hmm. short story that I just put out. Mm-hmm. And she came back to me. She said, oh, you know, this is really good. She's like, you know, I can identify with some of the feelings that the characters had. But she said it like she was shocked that right. she could. And that I, I know I have those kind of feelings, too. I'm right. like, hey, because you're a woman and they're women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just because they're together and you're with a man doesn't mean that our feelings are different. Right. It's who your, your partner is. And so right. I want to be able to show that don't believe the 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 myths and this in the homophobic rhetoric mm-hmm. like we are all the same and mm-hmm. i want the our people in our in my community to know that you are missing out like we've gotten too comfortable thinking we are free mm-hmm. um and that, and that there, there's no discrimination against us so we take mm-hmm. what we have for granted but i came up in a time where i only had and i hope this is okay to say but oh. I only had white lesbian romances to look at, you know, to read. Yeah. Yeah. I only had white lesbian films. Like I love Nicole Kahn's Claire the Moon. It's mm-hmm. an all white cast. Yeah. But I love that because that's all I had. Mm-hmm. Um, not until a love tale, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, I wanted more. I wanted to, to again, see us. Now I can. I have tons right. of books when I have a chance to get to them. To, uh-huh. be able to read but these kids I mean they don't understand they they did they wouldn't have had that 20 years ago they would have wanted it and wouldn't have would have it right so I want them to not take that for granted and really embrace the fact I can read people just like me right and do, and do that that's that's really my goal is uh-huh. to make people more aware of it because some people really aren't they're like oh I didn't know that you know there are that many writers. Yeah. Why don't you? They're on Amazon. It's not right. like it's hard to find us, right? We got Google now. You know what I, I mean? know. Like you can Google this. Stuff, you <laughs> you know? got Kindle unlimited. Yeah, got Kindle and Google, you can take this everywhere and anywhere with you. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So as a both a writer and a publisher, mm-hmm. what's the most challenging thing for you? what's the what's been the most challenging thing for you as far as kind of running a publishing house and writing like how do you how are you able to do both how are you like I'm just amazed that you know you're doing both and and you know successfully and, and I mean what has been the greatest challenge for you during this uh being the only person <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's a lot of long hours I was just chatting with um 
a pro, which is she's kind of a promoter. She loves, you know, she loves books. She loves to support the community and she's in the community. She's like, I wish I could support you more. She's like, but between, you know, having a partner, having kids, having a day job, mm-hmm. it's rough. I can't do more. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, I told her, I said, I totally understand because I have a partner. I have three fur babies. I have a, a really good, great daytime career that I could easily say, forget this, you know, I'm making money. I don't need to live off of this, but I'm doing this because it's who I am. It's, it's like, it's my purpose. And I love writing and I love helping other people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it takes my evenings and my weekends and uh, I'm exhausted right now because I've gone a whole month just constantly, right? As soon as I get off from work, I'm right at it. I get up at 5.30 in the morning, I work out and then I go to work and then I get off from work and then I do this until I go to sleep and then I get up and I start again. Mm-hmm. And I'm a writer. I'm, you know, I lay out my designs. I am a book designer. Um, I'm collaborating with other artists to do audio books. I'm doing all the promotions. <laughs> and wow. then I'm mentoring other authors. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. But I mean, I, I do what I, I have to do. Wow. You are, you are really a one woman show doing like all the, <laughs> yeah. all the things you know, a jill of all trades doing all the things, you know, to 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 um make it happen for yourself, not only for yourself, but for the other writers on your on your roster. Wow. Um what's how are you able to connect with others in the community to like get your work out? Do you have a, a um community of other writers? that helped you with the writing process or the publishing process or you know what is the writing community look like and been like toward you um we are very separate and I'm trying to bring us together mm-hmm. um it was I think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago I just I got up one more and I was so frustrated and I went on this rant on Instagram <laughs> about see us, you know, I don't know what can we, we not, we're knocking at your door, but you won't let us in. <laughs> you know? And, um, you know, and I, I tagged some other writers and they were like, yeah, yeah. You know, and then I got mad again and I was like, okay, I'm going to build this real and I'm just going to show these book covers. Cause I had been meeting with these um, book clubs and mm-hmm. they were like, they were just coolest. Like they were just, they were recommending again, white literature. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why you're doing this. So I put together that reel and I posted and I tagged all the writers that I knew that were on IG that were in the reel. And then some of them, you know, also reposted. Um, And they were like, yeah, yeah, but that's it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, how do you think we're going to be seen if we don't work together? And they just don't. And some of them have given up. You can tell mm. when they were hot and they were, you know, putting out, you know, at least two books a year or whatever. And again, we're all independent. And then you just stop. They just stop because mm-hmm. they also have day jobs and they're tired. Right. So, um, so to answer your question, we don't really um, have a community that connects. I am trying to work on that in my spare time <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to get us together and mm-hmm. to be more supportive, but no mm-hmm. gosh yeah um I mean that's kind of I, I see what you're saying but it's kind of like the beauty and the curse of social media mm-hmm. like 
you can connect you can connect people and get people together but beyond that it's like okay let's to actually try to do something mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to like get people to commit to do things and and, and and try to like move and shake the table and you know mm-hmm. everybody's schedule is so crazy but you know and you don't want people to get discouraged and give up like you said you've had people writing and they were hot and then next thing you know they're discouraged and you know they're you know feeling like they don't want to do it anymore right what do you do when you feel like you're discouraged and you feel like you don't want to do it anymore um I talked to my partner um I talked to God I have pity parties um (laughs) and uh and then, you know, I go through that, uh, may listen to some sad songs. <laughs> uh, I might eat too much cake. <laughs> and, right, um, right, right. And usually I get back up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it may take me a couple of days or a week or, um, you know, it could be some months, but mm-hmm. I eventually come back to it because I really do think this is my purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And so as much as I get mad or say, God, you know, tell me, what do you want me to do? Cause I think I'm on the right track, but if it's not working, maybe you want to show me something else. Mm-hmm. And I always end up coming back, you know, this way. So that's mm-hmm. what I usually tend to do. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about your latest work that you have out. Um, all right. What was the inspiration for that? And, and, and give us the title and tell us all about it. And, what was what was that inspiration for that so stalk her much yeah Um, stalk her much yeah yeah so the title came from my partner was like uh, (laughs) (laughs) she said guess what my next playlist is because she loves to make playlists for us right workout playlists or Mm -hmm. uh, you know any kind of playlist and she's like I've created stalk her much and I was like, oh, you did that because I was like, you stalking me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was talking with her about something about that. And um, so I was like, oh, wait a minute. I like that. I like stalk her much. <laughs> and so I started thinking about a story, but also like one night I woke up and this guy that um, I had used as a graphic designer for a series that I'm, I'm doing, Real Lesbians of Atlanta, <laughs> R-L-O-A, um, he never I noticed he never had a lot of um design for book covers for people of color mm-hmm. and it was a uh, uh, Halloween was com- Halloween was coming up two years ago and I said hey you know will will you put out any Halloween design covers because he always do- does these um design covers and you can pay for it and customize it right and I know there just was never a lot of people of color and he said oh yeah yeah I'll get to it I'll, I'll do one I, I promise and so it got closer and closer to Halloween and he never did it. So I'm like, well, let me try and see if I can do it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started getting into designing my own book covers mm-hmm. and I put out the bad girls. I only did it because I was <laughs> protesting the fact that he wouldn't do it. And oh, so wow. I wrote the, I came up with that story and designed the book cover. So then this year I woke up, I was thinking it was like one in the morning. I looked at my cell phone. And he was advertising again about Halloween. I'm like, it's two years later. Why do you still not have people of color for Halloween for mm-hmm. you know paranormal stories? And he still didn't have it. So I was like, I'm gonna. Was well, this it. a person of color? No, he's British. Um, British okay. And uh, yeah, he's real cheeky, as he says. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he thinks he's this great designer, which he is. I love him. I won't. I won't say he's a bad designer. He's just you know he's not pro 
doing a lot of people of color and definitely right. not in the you know paranormal supernatural uh genre so I guess that's just not he doesn't believe we exist in that I don't know but anyway so I decided to build to create this book cover and then in creating the book cover and thinking about soccer much I came up with the story and then I started doing some research because I was like we always reference to 40 acres and a mule what does that exactly mean <clears throat> and I started looking that up and I incorporated that into the story and a lot of other topics um, when, you, when you read my books, you'll see I cover tons of topics in one book and because there's it's stuff that's on my mind. And right. so that's how I came up with Stalker Much to protest yet again, you do not have people of color on your Halloween book cover. <laughs> so, the, so the idea for the cover and stuff came first before the story. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. then I started... Um, you know, passing around to friends and stuff and like, because that wasn't the first iteration of the design. And, you know, they were like, you know, giving me advice on how to change things. And then I put this, um, I put the crow on the cover and so <laughs> one of them said, oh, is that like a, um, God, what did she say? Not a, she didn't say a familiar. I've turned him into the witch's familiar, but she was like, is that a spiritual animal? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly right. You got it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. It's a spiritual animal. <laughs> oh, Lord. Just making it up as you go along. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, so a lot of that was just like on the fly. <laughs> and, um, but anyway, the story is about a witch and a werewoman. And uh, Selena Moore, I love strong women. So all my stories will have some sort of sassy, strong woman with a lot of mouth, a lot of attitude, right. um, but beautiful, got a, a good spirit, a, a good heart. And she's a good witch, but she's got a temper and she's really frustrated with um, the woman that she is in love with. She's mm -hmm. infatuated with, who is a werewoman. Mm -hmm. um, and that is Talia Marlowe. And mm -hmm. so Tala Marlowe. And so Tala, you know, she owns this restaurant and Selena owns Fermi Magique, which is this um, organic farm in social circle, uh, which is a place my partner and I have visited before. It's a small, quaint little town. Yeah, my, my dad's people from social circle. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh it, it, it's really? creepy. So yeah. yeah, yeah creepy. <laughs> it can be creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> that is so weird. Okay, so yeah, so we went there and so I was like, oh yeah, social circle would be would be great. Um, and so um, it's all about like, this is taking place, like they've known each other for a couple of years. I actually want to write, you know, before this happened, I want a full length novel about them. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, she's, Selena's been chasing Tala for a long time. Tala's been trying to resist her. Um, but Tala has to mate soon because she can't just be a lone wolf. And uh -huh. so, you know, the, the head of her um, pack is like, you've got to do this, stop playing around. And she hasn't made it with anybody because they, of course, want her to stay within her, you know, family, not to go outside because you can't, you can't date or fall in love with somebody of a different breed. Right. Uh -huh. um, so they're like, this is it. You got to do it. And, and Selena's like, oh, no, that's not going to happen. I'm going to be your woman. You know, mm, <laughs> so mm, it's mm. all about them going back and forth and what happens 
you know, on a full moon when Tala must mate. And so that's kind of what the story is about. <laughs> so so as in so to to clarify, so to mate, that means she she has to physically find and be sexual and copulate with someone. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Does that yeah. does that necessarily mean she has to get pregnant? No, or, she just no. has to choose her mate. And so in her that, mate, yes, right. she has to copulate. You're absolutely right. And it's during, you know, uh, she's she's really literally in heat, right? Mm. She goes into that whole cycle and I talk about the different stages of the cycle. And so on that night, that's what she must do. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. And in and, and, and this and and also in this wolf world, they don't necessarily have to be with a like a male with a female or anything like that. It's just, no. just mate, period. Yeah, they can, Got it. they can be whoever they want to be. And she, you know, she is lesbian and so is mm. her her pups, right? That um, okay. they're a part of her family that she's created. And all these people, of course, you know, with that that story is that they weren't born werewolves or werewomen. They were turned, right? So a lot of the people, a lot of the children of pups that she is now mentoring or call her family or people that are from different lives, walks alive, and, and they have congregated here in social circle together. She's built that family with them. It's a, it's a found family story as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like, that's amazing. And, and perfect for spooky <laughs> season yes. that's coming up. Like, it's absolutely perfect for, because we need more Black paranormal and and, and stuff um, for the season. I don't think we have enough of it um, at all. Yeah. This really journey. yeah 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 so all right so we're, we're gonna uh we're almost the end of our interview okay. um, but I want to ask you some rapid fire questions about you know to get to know you more and you know this or that so it's sort of like in the actor studio with James Lipton you remember that yeah, um, so we're gonna ask you different questions okay so I think I know the answer to the first one but your favorite book as a kid <laughs> Yeah, well, those romance novels I was telling you about. Right, the lady with the scar, right. yes, her. It's the lady with the scar. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like writing heroes or villains? Ooh, um, I like both, but of course I love my heroes. <laughs> mm, mm. What are some of the hardest scenes to write? Sometimes the sex scenes, because I like mm. sex scenes, um, but I always want to make them... I don't know, just like so good to make people want to read more of them in the book. Mm-hmm. So I'm always really conscious about, is it because I like it or will everybody else like it? Right. <laughs> so sometimes that's hard. Right, right, right. Um, your favorite place to write? Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, my favorite place to write. I really can write anywhere. Um mm-hmm. At any time, as, as long as, you know, if, if I get an ideal, I want to write it right away. But if I had to choose a favorite space, I would say maybe in our family room. Mm, okay. Okay. Book reviews to read or not to read? Oh, hell yeah. I read reviews. I get mad <laughs> if I don't like it, but I don't care. I still want to know. I'm nosy like that. <laughs> most people most people say they read them. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna read my book review, but yeah. No, why not, girl? Oh, read no, it. I, don't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm-mm. Um, what is the last romance novel that you read? 
Oh, wow. It's now you talk about not having time. I have not had a lot of time, but I have, <laughs> but I, you know what I did? I read um, the prequel to Wax and Wayne by Ellen Bennett. So mm. I, I read the, um, the apology tour and mm. it was so good. It was short and sweet, but it was really good. Mm. Okay. Um, I know you talked a little bit about music and your partner like to make playlists, mm-hmm. um, but do you write to music? And if so, oh, uh, what kind of music do you write to? Yeah, we do a lot of Apple Play um, playlists and stuff like R and B, a lot of you know like neo soul stuff. Um, I'll, I'll go back like right now. I'm working on another novel called Old School Loving. So it's about this 60 year old woman who's getting her groove back. Mm. So <laughs> so I'm going back to like Angela Wimbush and things like that. I'm listening mm. to, to those types of songs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I listen to a lot of like R and B stuff off of Apple. I like the fact that you're you're writing something featuring older like mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. As a person who is in their 40s, I get so tired of reading about 20-something old. I don't want to read about no 20-something old. I yeah. especially hate age gap ones where they're babies. They're barely in their teens. And mm-hmm. this old man is after them. I can't oh, stand it. Or this old, it doesn't matter who it is, old man, woman, whatever. Yeah. It's predatory, you know what I'm saying? Behavior. Yeah. Uh, gay straight queer whatever I just don't like predatory behavior um yeah. but yeah I love the fact that you're writing something featuring an older uh woman and and finding love and I think I, oh my god older woman and queer finding love that's yeah. something that people need to definitely definitely see yeah you're gonna um, like her because she's got she's on this um dating site called true love for you <laughs> and so she gets five matches and they're all in different age ranges she's got a 40 year old a 52 year old she's got somebody closer to her age and they're all different types of women and mm-hmm. so she has to choose by the end of the book which one does she end up taking to the surprise party for her new friend who is turning 21 so mm. real lesbian of atlanta is this whole series this five book series of different type of women different ages different sizes mm-hmm. color everything Mm. so we got some 40 year olds in there (laughs) good good good. so I can I can read it good (laughs) I read it anyway but you know (laughs) thank you (laughs) um what's a word that you use quite often in your writing (laughs) when I've read across all the books I've read and I'm like you always use in the confines of her bedroom in the, the confines. confines of the car <laughs> in the confines okay yeah, the, the phrase confines. okay it's a phrase not a word okay <laughs> okay if one of your books became a movie mm-hmm. who would you want to play the lead and what book would it be and, mm-hmm. and who would you want to play the lead I like all of them to be movies, but um, if I had to choose one that's published, I would say Hot for Teacher. Mm. And I, I, when I thought about the characters, the main characters, Eve and Danielle, I saw uh, Jennifer Bills and Sonia Lathan. Mm. So I want them to play. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that, I would watch that. Ooh, that's okay. Good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, Ooh, yes. Because Sonia look good now. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm not a big Jennifer Bills fan, but I like Sonia Lathan. Oh, she can. You're both them sexy though, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, where would you like to see romance novels? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna um amend this by saying where would you like to see black queer romance novels going in the next decade 
Um, when, you know, just like when I started, I was like, I couldn't find us. And then, you know, I came back 10 years later where every, you know, there's so many of us, I would like to see in the next decade that it become a household thing, like that mm -hmm. people are really reading it and not just people in our community, but people outside of our community. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I want to see. And not just on the New York Times bestseller list, but mm -hmm. in the artists. Right. Right, right. And when it's all said and done, what does literary success look like to you? And what do you want readers to say about the books that you write? Um, literary success for me is the ability to really be able to get all these stories out that I want to get mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. um, and continue to, to, to write and to continue to have an audience that appreciates it. Like, I don't want a fan club. I just want people to say, God, I'm so glad these books are here because I mm -hmm. saw myself in that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I want people to be able to say, like, you know, on Georgia Lee or Shauna Brown, you know, they write characters that mean something to me. And mm -hmm. it's almost like I was telling my partner, I said, you know, unfortunately, Bill Cosby has a bad rep now because yeah. of his situation. But I remember um, on TV or something, this guy was like, Bill Cosby taught me how to be a father you know, mm -hmm. or the Cosby show taught me, I won't say Bill Cosby, but the character in the Cosby yeah. show taught him that. Yeah. Well, I want my books and I want all our, all of my, you know, fellow writers, their books to teach people how to be better people. That's what mm -hmm. I want. Mm -hmm. And with your, and this is an aside, but with your publishing company, do you have a, um, a fellow writer who's like book you're like y'all need to read this like right now <laughs> besides um, your own yeah yeah um definitely Ellen Bennett um mm -hmm. and I would say ML Sexton I would say 88 of these books I could give you names for days um but what I would also say is I'm going to plug one of my writers and um because her book is coming out soon I would say definitely read W.L. Tracy because W.L. Mm -hmm. Tracy is writing books for transgender characters mm. her main character is transgender in both Sai is gone Sai is a little crazy that's why Sai is gone <laughs> <laughs> but, she, but, but she is well she's non-binary and mm -hmm. then she has um unapologetically Eugene who is a trans man and mm. it's, a, it's kind of a historical piece as well but I mean her writing is beautiful and mm. And she does a real great service to the trans community, and she is not trans. Mm, so, yeah. mm, w. Tracy, I, so look out for her. <laughs> mm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to interview her and tap her, tap her brain because I we'll talk offline about it. But anyway, yeah, you're, gonna um, to, you're gonna have to interview Miss Miss W. L. Tracy. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Yeah, get her in touch with me for sure. All right, I will. Um, and so, where can we find more out, out about you? More uh, about your publishing uh, on social media. What are your handles for everything? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm primarily on Instagram um, under Onyx Lee Publications. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a website, onyxlee.pub. So you can visit both of those areas to, to catch up with me. And I have a newsletter, so they can sign up for the newsletter on the website. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. This has been so delightful. Um, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and you know you you you're playing it down playing it being humble but you're definitely a trailblazer someone that um you know young queer writers 
um, can look up to and 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 say that you pay the way, uh, particularly in the indie publishing game. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, blessing us and talking to us about your journey and your publishing and your writing and your process and all of that good stuff. Uh, thank you, Tatja. I appreciate it. And you made my day. I appreciate being on here. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Thanks. All right. Bye. Up next, we have our What is Book Talk reading segment with author, podcaster, and ghostwriter, The Blurred Girl, aka Daisy Kane. Stay tuned. Hi there, my name is Ashley Boninger. I do go under the professional pseudonym Daisy Kane. That is D. A-I-S-Y-K-A-N-E. Just to give you a little brief rundown about myself, I am in my late 30s. I am happily married to a beautiful man named Corey. Um, We've been together for 15 years together. We've been married for 11. Yeah, I'm trying to do the math in my head. I have been a stay-at-home mom for almost eight years, but I am also a professional freelance writer, ghostwriter, which I've um, been doing professionally officially for two years, although I do have other works that have been featured um, before then on Wattpad as well as Hub Pages, um, but I'm also self-published. I do have um, a novel that was self-published back in, it was originally self-published back in 2015, then I re-released it back in 2017, once I got, once I got the editing better, and here's a copy right here, it is entitled My Brother's Keeper, it is available on Amazon, as well as barnesandnoble.com, um, my first book choice is Someone Give This Heart a Pen by Sophia Takor. And this is a book I actually came across at Five Below. I actually saw it like at Barnes & Noble when it first was released, but actually came across it at Five Below. And it's essentially, um, it's an amazing book of poems about this very young and very talented and gifted woman. And it basically talks about, it's like an intimate journey of hers. It talks about love and loss and sacrifice. And it's just very raw and it, and it dives into things like self-discovery and I personally felt a real connection with this book because it touched on topics, especially me being as a woman of color, that I could relate to. And this is definitely like highlights how talented and amazing this woman is. So I definitely recommend finding this. Um, like I said, I found it at Five Below, but it's available at all kinds of bookstores. And um, I do believe this came out like in 2020, but I got it maybe. I want to say, like, it was definitely earlier this year that I finally came across it, but I definitely recommend this, especially anyone who's into poetry or anyone that likes to learn more about, you know, going through intimate journeys and just connecting with, like, works that just sit with you in a way where it just makes you think about personal experiences. My next recommendation is Get a Life, Chloe Brown. It is written by Talia Hibbert, and 
I personally like this book because, like I said, I'm a fan of romance novels, um, especially if the lead is a woman of color, which this girl is. Um, she is British, though, but I just love this book because um, basically the story is about the protagonist is a woman named Chloe Brown, and she's chronically ill. She has, like, she has this disorder, but she's basically one of those people where she's um, very analytical, and she is very rigid in her ways, and she has, like, a near-death experience, and at that point, she wants to basically break out of her comfort zone, so she makes, like, a list of goals for herself, and she just basically wants to get a life. Like, she has, like, ideas in her mind where she wants to have a drunken night out, she wants to ride a motorcycle, she wants to go camping, she wants to have <laughs> meaningless but enjoyable sex, um, and she just basically just wants to basically break out of her good girl image, and she runs in, like, she moves in, like, first thing she does is she moves out of her parents' place, and she moves into this apartment on her own, and she meets this guy named Redford, um, they call him Red for short, and he's, like, the typical, um, hot, he's, like, I think the handyman, and he's got, like, motorcycle, he's got a motorcycle, and he's got tattoos and stuff, and he's oozing with sex appeal, and she basically tries to look to him to say, hey, can you help me tackle these things on my list, and he basically just brushes her off right away, and what I love about this book is not only the banter between those two, but I just love the awkwardness of the female protagonist, like, she, the way she was written is just very relatable, like, I felt like I related to the character because I remember being a single woman, I just remember being very socially awkward, and just very, like, tight, not like, I wasn't like as uptight as her, but just being very socially awkward when it comes to like men. So I think I related to her as such. And plus I love the banter between them and just the banter she has with like other characters in the book, like her sisters and her family and stuff. Like I thoroughly enjoyed this book. Um, it's also available like in other places like Barnes and Noble. You can probably find it online. I actually found it at this bookstore that I love so much in the area. I don't know if they have them in other places in the country, but it's this, um, it's this used bookstore called Second and Charles, and they have an amazing collection, and I came across that at that store, and I finished this book, like, within a weekend. Like, the writing was brilliant. Um, like I said, I love the banter. I love the back and forth, um, and the romance didn't feel forced like it does in a lot of stories, so that's why I totally recommend this book, especially to some, like, to people that just love, um, just the people that just love love I just totally recommend this book my next recommendation is the other black girl um it is written by I'm probably gonna butcher his name Zakia Dalia Harris and I haven't finished this yet I'm actually currently reading it I'm almost done but I do recommend this because it's definitely a page turner um just to give you a brief synopsis it's about um this young woman named Nella, she works for a pub book publishing company, and unfortunately, she's the, she feels singled out because she's the only black woman at that company, and then she thinks she finds a friend in this young woman named Hazel, who becomes the other black woman in the company, but then as you read more into the story, it just becomes a dark, it's like a dark comedy almost, but I just love that it's edgy, and there was twists and turns, and it kind of it kind of reminds you of Devil Meets Prada a little bit, but just like, just, it kind of just, I thought it was funny and it's like, 
deep and it actually makes you think about especially women of color what we have to go through in the corporate world um especially you know just being like the only two not only female but black females in like certain workplaces and stuff and it kind of gives you like a perspective on what we have to deal with not only as women but like i said women of color and um the dialogue is very very sharp and it's brilliant and I have, like I said, I haven't finished yet, so I don't know how it's going to end, but just, just the back and forth between the two women and just like how women treat each other in general, it just really makes you think. And I personally love that. Like, I love the story and the dynamic and I personally recommend it. I found this book at Target. I actually saw this book floating around on social media and I just, I've, I've heard so many great things about it. I totally recommend this book. And the last book I recommend is Fat Girls and Black Bodies, Creating Communities of Our Own. It is written by Joy Arlene Renee Cox, who is a PhD, so put some respect on her name. And I personally love this book um, because me being a woman of color and me being plus size, um, even most of my life, like my weight has always been an issue, even before I like became plus size, I guess, so to speak. Like I've always been, like I've always grown up with curves and things like that. And just growing up, there's always been specifically certain people in my life that have always pointed that out to me and just has always been an issue. And it's always like been unnecessarily, like unnecessary insecurities built into me. And I feel like this book communicates not only on that, but it also highlights how there's certain stigmas towards like um, women of color, especially like heavier women of color. And it just kind of puts a lot of things in perspective and it definitely grows off of this person's experiences. And it like, I related to a lot of the things that she went through growing up. And it's just, it kind of tackles on a lot of things that especially us plus size women hear all like, hear throughout our lives and then like how there's a certain stigma um, placed upon us by society about like unrealistic standards and like certain things that are ingrained in us through generations. And it just hits on a lot of good points and it really makes you think and it kind of helps you, it kind of helps you point out certain triggers that we all, especially like, like I said, especially plus size women that we've all had most of our lives. And it kind of helps you also rethink how we can always just rewrite the narrative of how we want to be perceived and how we look at ourselves and how we want others to look at us too. And like I, I like really definitely recommend this book. Um, some of it was kind of like, it kind of does make you look within yourself. And some of it was kind of like a tough pill to swallow. But like I said, it is very, 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 very well written. Um, she definitely did her research. And I definitely recommend looking into looking up her social media as well because she is definitely a brilliant, brilliant writer. You can look for me on TikTok. I am the awkward blurred girl. That is B-L-E-R-D girl. As well as on Instagram. Again, that's awkward blurred girl. There's no the. I also do have a Twitter, just awkward blurred. Again, that's B-L-E-R-D. And as well as Facebook, just look for the Awkward Blurred Girl. 
as well as on YouTube. Um, I do have a podcast called The Awkward Blurred Girl. I'm available on Anchor, Spotify, and wherever other podcasts are streamed. And that is pretty much it. So I would like to thank the beautiful women at Romance and Color. I appreciate this opportunity. I appreciate you guys having such a platform to showcase other writers. It is amazing what you guys do. You're both very talented and I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. I want to thank my guests on this week's podcast, Aunt Georgia Lee and Daisy Kane, aka the Awkward Blur Girl, for joining us on Romance and Color. You can find all their social media on this blurb for this podcast. And if you want to find out more about our podcast, uh, please look us up on Instagram at Romance in Color. That is color with a U. And on TikTok, that is Romance, the letter N, and Color with a U. You can find more out about me and my debut novel, The Build Up, that's coming out March 2023 on my website, www.tatianarichardson.com and everywhere on social media, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, everywhere, literally everywhere. I am Richard Writes on this Richard W-R-I-T-S O. And Richard writes on. You all take care. God bless. And we will see you all next week on Romance and Color, your place for real inclusive love. Bye.